0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the premiere House of the Dragon recap and review podcast. Dragons.
1: Dragons. Dragons!
0: Today, we will be recapping episode 8 titled The Lord of the Tides. I am, of course, your host, John, and with me today for this spooky episode. From the Red Wastes of Texas, Patrick Ramirez!
2: Hello everyone on spooky, spooky episode.
0: So glad you could make it today, Patrick, and also joining us from north of the wall is Annie.
1: What's up? I sent all my wildlings home because this episode is boring as fuck!
0: Uh, insert the funny sound effect that I was going to have now.
3: Miss Bustin with happiness seeing you again, Annie.
0: And last but not least, we are joined by the great and powerful Jesse Wind. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello.
3: Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I would like to start my TED Talk off by declaring Charles Martinet should have been the voice of Mario in the new Mario Brothers movie.
0: That's a interesting opinion. Um, Instead of starting off with first impressions today, I thought instead we could just all kind of talk about how we feel about the fact that there's only two episodes left and if we think it'll be a satisfying ending or not. So what do you guys think? Uh, How are you feeling at this point in the season? No.
2: Really? I think they are going to I mean, they got to set up season two, but I think I'm thinking a good finale is in the works. What does that mean?
1: You know how at the end of Lord of the Rings, where Return of the King, or it's jumping back and forth between the big epic battle scene, and then Frodo and Sam just walking endlessly through the wastes of Mordor, and they're out of water, and they're tired, and they don't know how they're going to go on? That's how I feel about finishing a Game of Thrones. And I love this Lord of the Rings metaphor, because it reminds me that I do have one show that I enjoy watching, which is Rings of Power. And unfortunately, this show, I think, just suffers in comparison. I am so excited that the Mount Doom of the season finale is ahead of me, and I'm just going to throw my entire self into it.
0: <laughs> um, awesome. I, I don't know. I could see it going either way, honestly. I feel like we have had eight episodes of Setup, like... I feel like I'm just being edged basically where it's just like, it just keeps building and building and building. And it seems like only two episodes of watching the actual pressure release is kind of, I don't know. I don't know if that feels like the appropriate ratio to me. Um, if that makes sense. It does, it it, it does feel
2: like there's going to be a huge battle in the last episode and then it's not going to be resolved. Like they're saving I don't know. I don't know how they can do the whole giant battle in one episode.
1: I admire the optimism that there will be any kind of pressure release and the pot's not just going to keep boiling right up until right before the opening, the closing credits, sorry, of episode 10.
0: Uh, Yeah, that would piss me off, honestly. I don't think that that's what's going to happen, but yeah, if that is, if like Viserys dies and there's still no like just monumental conflict that just immediately boils over and just blows up in everybody's faces. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to be real upset. Did you say if
3: Viserys dies
0: or when he dies? My apologies. Um, did you say when
3: Viserys dies?
2: Yeah. Guys, Viserys not looking good in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
0: yeah, he looked like the goddamn crypt keeper, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Worse. Um, all right, well, I guess only time will tell. Um we're drawing the season to a close, so all of this is going to end one way or the other. Um, let's get into the episode. So uh Patrick, what would you like to talk about first?
2: Well, John, I'd like to start at the very top of this episode. I think there's a shitload of stuff going on in this episode. Uh, not a lot of action-wise, but a lot of more setup up in, in preparation for the other Dance of the Dragons, apparently. But um, the opening with Vaemond, um and, and the exposition from the Macer about the sea snake being injured. Also, you know, it seems like that could have been something cool they could have shown, you know? They just explain it off camera that he's got injured and thrown overboard and he's got a mortal wound and somehow got rescued from the ocean. And now he has a real bad fever and he's just chilling, you know, on death's door. But, uh, Vayman swooping in to come, you know, take something that isn't his. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I kind of wanted to open with.
0: Let's talk about the entire struggle for, uh, succession in regards to the Driftwood Throne and Driftmark and all that Vaymond, Rhaenys, and just everything that that entails so uh, it starts off with that scene in uh, the, uh, the high seat of House Valarian, with uh, Rhaenys re- re- uh, interacting with Vaymond. and of course uh, Bela is there, we love to see her um, she's grown up a little bit, I think they said that all of the kids are between 17 and 21 now.
1: Yeah, it so, was a six-year time skip.
0: Yeah, just to kind of keep keep track of how old everybody is, I guess. Um, if nobody... Has anything else to say about that scene? We can basically move on to Dragonstone then.
1: I mean, were you gonna ask us any questions or give us any opportunity to say anything about the scene? Or are we just moving oh, on? I thought
0: you would just say it. My bad.
1: No, you literally haven't stopped talking.
0: <laughs> no, he
3: paused for like five seconds. It got like awkward and then he tried to move on.
2: I thought you had more notes you were gonna like read through or something, John.
0: Uh well, I will pause for longer now if anyone has anything to add about the scene in
2: Driftmark.
1: Yeah. Like where the fuck does Vaymond get off with this shit? Like it is a settled succession and it has been made very clear that Corliss really doesn't want him in charge. Um, I'm also kind of with Patrick on this. I feel like we've spent a lot of time with Corliss in this season and for him to just be dying off screen to not even like get to see him on the deathbed oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. That feels really cheap. I mean, come on, HBO. You just gotta like mist him a little bit so he looks like he's sweating. This ain't dragon CGI money here. Let us say goodbye to Corliss.
2: That Yeah, that, that makes me think that he's not dead john don't say anything i know you've read the books i'm getting farther <laughs> in the book but i haven't got to this part and i know they're combining multiple years in this episode but uh yeah it does seem a little bit cheap that they did they did this with like the crab feeder it's like you tease this and they're not even teasing Corliss. like we spent a lot of time with Corliss, and then to not show his death which is kind of an important life milestone (laughs) for a character you you could argue
0: it's the final milestone
2: it's one of the last milestones in (laughs) life i'd say Uh, yeah and to just kind of like rob us of that is kind of like well what are you showing instead like i don't know if it, it doesn't seem to hit more than when it's off camera i don't know this seems a little bit weird to me weird editing or scene or writing choice i guess
3: I I like his death where they're like, there was a great battle. And then he got his throat slit and then he got kicked overboard.
0: (laughs) He did so well in the battle.
3: And then we pulled him out and he wasn't dead.
0: (laughs) What? He also led his men into an ambush also. Yeah. So that's not a very good way to go out. (laughs) Zero
2: zero out of 10 (laughs) stars for that.
1: Corliss kind of (laughs) forgot about the pirates and the stepstones, I guess.
3: Somebody problem just told him that there was a chance for him to get the crown if he went into this little
0: cave and he went yippee and clicked his heels and ran in. I there's a magic potion in there that will make people stop accusing your grandkids of being bastards. And if you find it you're in you're home it's like, free. Well, we got to check it out.
2: It
1: <laughs> is like an interesting conversation, not so much about the succession but seeing like the two viewpoints that are being presented we have Corliss and kind of Reynus. We're not entirely sure where she stands on it, but she is giving, you know, Corliss's line here that it's about legacy and it's about names and propriety. And on the other hand, we have Vaymond who nobody likes who is making an argument that it's about bloodlines and it's about like preserving their the actual substance of their family and their culture. I don't know, it's always really interesting for me seeing the Valarians and the Targaryens interact because they are the two like great foreign clans who have come to power in Westeros, but they're not from Westeros. So is it more important to keep the propriety of the name intact and climb the power structure in Westeros, or is it more important to keep the bloodline and, by extension, Valerian culture intact. And unfortunately, I mean, like, I think that could be a really interesting argument, but unfortunately it's Vaymond making it, so <laughs> it comes off as kind of flat.
3: Yeah, I weirdly agree with him, but his brother didn't. His brother pretty specifically came out against it and was like, you yeah. know what people remember? Names.
2: He says the opposite argument is his brother, yeah. Yeah. And not very... Yeah, he didn't he didn't he didn't do a lot with it,
3: but I do Besides feel for just them being
2: whiny.
0: The it
3: fought his it way out of from rem- my, Um, nothing.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of in season one when Robert died and nobody honored his wishes except for Ned. <laughs> Everybody was just ready to shit on his grave, basically, as soon as he was
2: dead. <laughs> well, and Ned I was mean, the only
0: person who was like, we need to honor this. This was what he wanted to do.
2: Yeah, I think I think that goes back to like Ned having spent almost no time with him twenty four seven, and versus <laughs> everyone in the Red Landing or King's Landing being like, "Oh, this fucking guy."
0: Yeah,
1: I guess that's the last life milestone. Is see, is everybody squabbling over whatever <laughs> mess it is you left behind? Like, technically, yeah. you're not there for it, but it's still like for the epilogue you. of your life.
0: Yeah, it all it, it. We probably should move on, but I also just want to remind everybody listening and whatever that uh Corliss is alive. We do not know if he has actually died or not yet, so that is very much still up in the air.
2: Yeah. We didn't see no body.
0: Yeah. I kind of forgot about that, honestly. <laughs> For sure. Um yeah, so let's move on then to Dragonstone. Um Annie, I know you're going to like this one because Damon's dirty again, baby. <laughs>
1: Fucking finally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Dirty
2: Damon. For a little bit.
0: And I have to say that I like both daemons, but I I do agree with you about the Dirty Damon being the rare daemon. Shiny
1: daemon. Dirty Damon has a charisma to him that washed daemon does not.
0: That was pretty badass when he, like, shimmied down the fucking cliff and then ripped open the dragon sack and, like, pulled the dragons out or the dragon eggs.
1: Yeah, that was
0: really cool. Yeah, that was doing something for me for sure.
1: Really?
2: I I just kept thinking of Baxter from Arrested Development with the paleontology thing with the hammer and hitting the skull. You guys never watched that? No. Or Buster, not Baxter, sorry.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And I was like, he's taking this hammer to this, like, obviously soft mound of goo. He's like, <laughs> and just like, just peeling away the goo. And then there's like an egg. So I kept thinking.
1: I almost got like Xenomorph vibes from yeah, that, honestly. Definitely. Like, I know that even in our world, we have animals whose eggs come in sacks. So it's not like a completely unknown biological thing, but I don't know. It just looked gooey and creepy, like the world's worst Cadbury egg. And David is just like elbow deep in it. And I'm here for it.
2: (laughs) He's so excited too. It almost looked like it
0: had like dirt or moss or something on it. Like, did you guys notice that?
2: I mean, when I first saw it, I thought it was a huge pile of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was dragon shit.
0: Yeah. Same. Um, So he interacts with my two favorite characters ever, which are the Dragon Tamers, and then he gets a letter from his daughter, Bela, at Driftmark, basically explaining to him how Vaymond is making moves, and she or he reports this news to his loving niece-slash-wife, Rhaenyra. Hashtag family values.
1: (laughs) You know, here in Colorado, we live right next to Utah, and so I've heard the term sister wife unironically a few times, but somehow niece wife and uncle husband is worse.
2: Doesn't roll off the tongue, does it?
3: Oh, nothing in this show rolls off the tongue. Some
0: things are rolling off tongues.
2: Some things are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. Oh,
0: You're or rather, tongues are rolling off of bodies.
2: No, it was attached to to most of the body.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, How did you guys feel about seeing older uh, Joceros?
1: I actually really love Rhaenyra's kids. I think they're great. (laughs) Um, They're really, really cute. My notes for this scene are, wow, Jace won puberty. Yeah. It was a contest and he won.
0: Yeah, I think he looks like a lacrosse player, I think is what I said while I was watching it. He's he's very... He has Chad energy.
1: Yeah, but he's like on the lacrosse team that volunteers with the underprivileged kids because he also seems nice. So, like, I'm sure he's gonna get murdered next episode because he's nice.
3: Yeah.
0: He still has both his eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well? um, Does anyone have anything else to say about Dragonstone?
1: I fundamentally feel weird about Rhaenyra's decision upon reading the letter to just pack everybody up and go to the Red Keep. It's It seems like really unnecessarily putting a lot of her family members in danger. Like, I can see her going. I can see her and Daemon going. Bringing the kids seems rash. So,
0: Yeah, it would make more sense if they were riding dragons, like if they showed up with five dragons and were just like, what's up? That would be like a show of force. But I don't think that Joceris and Luceris are riding dragons at this point. So, yeah, it does seem a little bit uh, unnecessary.
3: My one note for this scene, uh,
0: the sails on that boat look not good. The show not getting sails right. I wonder if that's a really hard thing to CG. Honestly, it has to be.
3: I don't know. The dragons look so good. How are they fucking the sails up?
1: They're making them too complicated. Sails in real life kind of look badly rendered, and they're trying to be (laughs) way too realistic with what is inherently just a geometric shape.
0: So Rhaenyra and Daemon finally make it across the bay or whatever to King's Landing, and it is quite different from the King's Landing that we're used to. Um, There's all this religious iconography everywhere. It seems much more sparsely populated. Like there's not as many people walking around. Um, And there have been some murmurings that the king isn't ruling, but the queen. So let's talk about King's Landing. You guys can talk about whatever you want, whether it be, you know, Rhaenyra and Daemon meeting with Viserys, or you know, seeing him for the first time, or if you want to talk about uh, Rhaenyra's kids and how they've kind of go into the yard and you know, see a- uh, Aemond and Kristen and all that. So, um, Jesse, what would you like to focus on as far as King's Landing? Uh, got a question, and then I have a
3: statement: Is that symbol that we see in that scene? alicent's house crest or something no no like, it's d-
2: the s- symbol of the seven
0: explain what that is patrick
2: it's the religion of westeros basically so she's she's replaced all the targaryen symbols in apparently in the castle with that of the symbol of the seven which is the you know the mother of the crone the stranger or whatever you know all the, the seven faces of the god
3: of course of course.
2: And, of course. Uh, yeah so she appears to have like just discarded Targaryen shit and thrown up her her new found religious faith apparently
3: okay I got 85% of that scene's intent but I'm glad you filled that part in yeah no worries uh, man and then um uh the king
2: Oof. ew <laughs> not looking good guys
3: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. God. god
0: like if Deadpool got old oh Oh, that scene when he (laughs) takes off the mask, like, and you can just see into his, like, head hole. I was like, oh, God. Like, whatever combination of effects they used was really good, first of all. But it was good in a way that grossed me out, you know?
1: (laughs) I don't understand how anyone at that table was supposed to finish dinner after seeing that. (laughs) I ate before the episode, and I still felt him.
2: Um...
1: His Lego yeah. set looks amazing, though. A
2: little, little dusty. He hasn't, hasn't been to it in a little bit. Looks like
3: the dust was really weirdly effective for me. Also, like, the smoke.
2: Did you see like the smoke coming off of it? Or like, yeah, they had the incense burners everywhere. Something. It just which, reminded me of like when the Pope goes, you know, and they have like the smoke coming yeah. out of the building for the new can- <laughs> new can- new Pope. I'm like, oh, foreshadowing. I think it's because he's so stinky. Oh, okay. Just, they put it on the one thing he doesn't go around. No, it was like there was one everywhere. To, there was yeah. yeah. There's oh, one was next to his him bed. In the bed. oh Yeah, see it.
1: yeah. He's pretty much just held together by rot at this point, and at <laughs> any moment he's going to deliquesce, and I bet the smell in there was <laughs> horrific.
3: Yeah. I was like, for how sick he is, I don't think he should have an incense that close to his bed nonetheless in the room but that was my genuine thought is like that dude can barely breathe I don't like my roommate's incense like come
0: on wasn't it so heartbreaking like how happy he was when he met his new grandkids and like when he foolishly believed that his family was getting along at supper and stuff
1: the supper moment got me so yeah that was that was an incredibly effective guilt trip because it was sincere all he's ever really wanted is to make people happy with the minimum amount of effort possible and being there at the end of your life with a hole in your head having to wear a mask in public when you can leave your bed which is almost never and realizing that not only did you have to give up everything that you ever personally wanted to be king but even the people around you aren't happy. It's sad.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, like when he lights up when he sees like the newest grandbabies, like, oh, that hurt my heart.
0: And when he says, Oh, Viserys, that's a name fit for a king, I was like, Oh <laughs> This is like just the most human and just vulnerable moment where it's like, you know, later he talks about how he wants his family to see him as a as a as a man, as a person. And that's, like, the most just human thing when, you know, when your daughter names her son after you and just that feeling of, like, there's a new me to, like, live on in the next generation. It's just so cute and wholesome. I did not expect this episode of Game of Thrones to be wholesome, I guess.
2: Yeah. I thought it, it was very emotional. Sorry, Jesse, Good.
3: No, you're good. I was honestly just going to agree, man. Uh, keep going.
2: Yeah, this is, like, a very emotional episode. I thought this one was...
0: Yeah, warmed my heart in a weird way. And then, um, do you guys want to talk about the scene where he hobbles up on the throne? And we can transition into talking about the actual That's the one
2: that got me, man. That one was, like, with Damon. He really cares about his brother, man.
1: I was just going to say, like, when he shows up in the throne room, bent over barely able to move under his own power with that mask on and the crown and his cape. Like that was like something out of Shakespeare. Holy shit. That was incredible. That was an incredible scene. It's probably one of the best scenes from a dialogue standpoint, a cinematography standpoint, just like a pure art standpoint that I've seen in a game of Thrones. It was like a Renaissance painting about something sad.
3: That whole moment was impactful. And his hobbling through the gate to the chair was, uh, John and I use this term a lot, probably more off mic than on mic, but that is capital A acting. That, wow. I honestly thought that that actor, capital A acted his dick off this entire episode. Being that shambling Bag of bones, like I felt horrible. I felt miserable watching him. It, 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 his breathing. It, oh my, his strained breathing. That had to hurt to do just as acting.
2: Oh no, I was just gonna say like Patty Considine and Matt Damon or <laughs> Matt. Smith. What the fuck? Matt? Just nail it, man. <laughs> says Matt Damon so many
0: times, that's why Matt Damon is perfect because it refers to both the person and the actor or the character. Um, I was just gonna say though that Patty considine apparently is just like the funniest, most fun person to work with, like the director of this episode was talking about it, and she was basically saying that he was just like so funny and like in between scenes he would like go from being this like. Guy who's dying and like miserable to the just like the happiest, jolliest, friendliest grandpa you ever did have, and yeah, he sounds great. I want to meet him someday or something, maybe.
2: <laughs> yeah, I watch a lot of interviews with him. It seems really funny. Yeah, he has a band, also. Yeah, several He's got bands. A apparently.
1: Band, hot damn.
0: And and like they tour sometimes apparently. So wait, just to make sure I'm following,
2: who has a band? Patty Considine, the King Viserys actor. Okay,
0: that is who
3: I thought you were talking about. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, we
1: know he's a phenomenal actor because he's made this very like weak-willed, people-pleasing, genuinely not that great character really endearing and human to the point where like we all kind of feel bad for Viserys. And Jesus, like I'm gonna miss him.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: really
0: gonna miss yeah. him. Um, yeah, so after there's that really like warm moment between him and Damon, where he gets up on the throne, you know, Vaymond and um, Rhaenyra have both, or I guess just Vaymond made his appeal, and he he has a line that I thought was really well written, where he says, um, "I have to admit to my own confusion," and then he pauses, and you think he's like, addled, right? Like, he doesn't know where he is or what's happening, but then he says, why are we even talking about this when this matter has been settled? Like, we all know what the answer is. And then he calls on Rhaenys, his uh, cousin or aunt or whatever? I don't remember exactly this at this point. Her. There's He's so cousin. many people.
1: His, yeah, I don't know.
2: Viserys' cousin, right? I think so. Yeah.
1: The Turgurian family tree is basically a circle anyway. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, yeah. What what did you guys think about this part? Did you expect that uh, that Rhaenys was gonna side with Rhaenyra like she did?
3: No, <laughs> was very surprised.
2: I me too. I was not surprised because she was wearing black when she showed up. Right, when she showed up to the to the court. Everyone had drawn their sides. It seemed by what they were wearing. So you had green and black, right? And Rainey showed up wearing blacks, and I was like, "Oh, I think she's going to take her side." And then she ended up doing it. I didn't know for sure, but I was like, ah, "I think this is this is a cool thing if it actually works out." And it, it's, well, I, we think it did. Don't know for sure, but uh, you know, we push some to shove. But for this episode, it did seem like that's what was going on. Did you see Allison's face in that scene? Yeah.
3: Oh <laughs> my, best face of the season,
2: dude! Yeah. She went full Cersei. Right, dude. This episode she did. I feel like when she's yelling at Aegon, yeah, yeah. Uh, Allison took a page out of Cersei's book. Apparently,
3: I, I, I don't know. Aegon deserved it. This episode, I honestly wish she would have kicked him in the balls like real hard.
0: Maybe hard enough to kill him. That would have made this episode really special to me. (laughs) I I want to talk about Alicent and Aegon, but let's uh, wrap up our little encounter in the throne room first, if you guys don't mind. Because there is something Um,
2: big that happens. John? don't make me chop your
0: head off. (laughs) Just the top of your head.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I was almost... I was surprised at how far vaemond was willing to go with this i mean he was at driftmark in that room six years slash last week ago when viserys (laughs) made it abundantly clear that anybody who aired that accusation was going to meet a messy and untimely end and yet here he is like in the throne room in front of the seven kingdoms and I mean, like, it's not just Rhaenyra and Daemon all on their own. They have other allies among the houses, and it's not just Driftmark, either. And it's just like, dude, why are you here? What? Are, why are you doing this? Are you trying to commit, like, suicide by king here? What did you think was going to happen to you?
0: He thought that Viserys was too weak and that Otto and Alicent had his back and they were going to save him, I think. But he didn't account for Damon, who yeah. will just cut a motherfucker's head in half.
1: Wild card. Didn't
2: was- account for Damon.
1: <laughs> oh man, Damon here to cause problems. Targaryen up to his old tricks.
2: <laughs> Damon the Joker, Targaryen. And you see him like Egamonti, like say it, you know, oh. like, speak it, like say it. What is your accusation? And he's like,
0: bastards. I love <laughs> that whole part where Damon just goes, say it. And then Vaman seems like he gets like relaxed for a second he just goes, Her children are bastards. Yeah. <laughs> and he just
1: like
3: yells. Oh man, that uh. was
0: a great little exchange.
3: Damon's yeah. calculated, dog. Like all all of his actions are so purposeful. And I can't draw the line between when he's actually trying to, like, enjoy living his life or what is him in deep undercover trying to still reach the goals he set forth in, like, episode one, practically. But, yeah, help help your show up six years later after you started a bunch of shit because you know your brother's a pushover. And he's still going to have your back because he's always been a pushover and just wants you to be, a, like, a nice brother to him. Help him up when he needs help. Put the crown on his head. Don't bow, because that would show weakness. But oh, egg the other guy on. Eh, he probably won't care. He already said he was going to take his tongue. Like, he did the math just perfectly to be like, I could definitely walk out of here.
2: (laughs) You see the king get up. He's like, I'll have your tongue for that one.
0: Yeah, like, buddy. Like, you're going to cut anyone's tongue out, buddy. Yeah.
3: I thought before he, when he drew the knife before he said cut out the tongue I thought he was gonna hobble over
0: there and fucking
3: like have <laughs> hold the him still hold him. Yes. Hold
2: him still now
0: <laughs> that actually yeah. would have been great it would have been a parallel to the scene with the deer
1: oh, oh yeah yeah oh, it would have yeah. like Damon could have held him still and Piserys could have very slowly uh, badly stabbed him over and over again oh yeah.
3: if Damon held him yeah. I was just thinking of the guards holding him if Damon holds him it makes it so much better oh yeah I'm clipping this out and sending this to Game of Thrones, Mr. Game of Thrones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Thrones. I do want to like just add one thing to this throne room scene. So we see Alicent in full fucking Cersei mode. We see Otto fucking Hightower sitting on that chair like it belongs to his Subaru driving ass. You know who we don't see? Laris. Ooh. Laris isn't Laris Strong is not in this episode whatsoever. Mm. And that yeah. is really interesting to me. It's, it's kind Larry of
2: scary. Shit. Yeah, we don't know what he's up to.
0: Agreed, agreed, yeah. agreed. Alright. Um, I think you guys expressed enthusiasm about the scene between Aegon and Alicent. Uh guys, Aegon's a raper now, apparently, and so I just want to say I feel vindicated because I always hated this motherfucker. You win. Uh, he's not <laughs> redeemable, and I wish that his mom
3: kicked him in the balls hard enough that he died.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that she poisoned that servant girl, right? Like, do we think that she just straight up poisoned that no. servant girl?
2: I think that was I think that was morning or what's it called moon tea? Yeah,
3: yeah. but then why was tea. she missing later in the episode? Was she, she having an old. immediate there abortion? Was-
2: No, there was gold in the tea, right? Wasn't there like a lump of gold with the tea that she gave her?
3: Oh, I thought she gave her a sack of gold and what we thought was abortion tea, which
0: were pretty, I think is probably poison.
2: I think think she she was was just
0: missing because Allison came straight from that interaction to Aegon. Yeah, I
2: think she like that's a callback to all of the whole accusations with Rhaenyra in like the whatever episode that was with the uh, crispy coleslaw. Yeah. And uh, you know, now she's like confronted oh, sure. with the same dilemma with her air, her, you know, desired heir yes. fucking up and not acting, you know, in a king like manner or an heir like manner, right? And she's also shoving it pushing it under the rug and like trying to get rid of it. Right. So, and
3: it highlights exactly what Renera was saying, which is yeah. the if whole I was a ripped. man yeah. wouldn't even be a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I also liked this scene because it showed that there was a level of hypocrisy in Allison's. oh, I'm so godly now, and I worship the Seven very dutifully and all that. It's like very clear that that's just a put on because, I
2: mean, she's
0: essentially threatening this person, right? Like that doesn't seem very...
2: Like what did she tell her? Like don't, when women speak like that or people that, girls that speak like that, what did she say? If she oh, likes- they,
0: they might think that you're enticing him, or that yeah. you're trying to besmirch his name, or, yeah. She
2: said she was alone with him, and blah blah
1: blah. Yeah, that's why I figured that she just straight up poisoned her, because she can't risk Diana talking to anybody else, and she's already talked to a couple of people.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to that, because I don't see them bringing Diana back if she is alive. <laughs>
1: I choose to believe she was poisoned, but I also yeah. really hate Allison. So
0: I wouldn't put it past her, but I just don't see the evidence for it in the text, I guess, but it doesn't really matter. I guess all that much, but it's interesting to think about for sure. It, it would kind of matter if she poisoned poisoned that girl,
2: our special guest Batman has arrived.
0: <laughs> I'm Batman. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the scene in the yard with Jaceiris and Luceris as they're watching uh, Amond, who is essentially Damon two
2: Yeah, the uh, worst version of Damon. Oh, and man. he's
0: he's taking on crispy
2: coleslaw. Yeah,
1: I was happy that this was all of insult slaw that we had to see this episode.
2: Also, what happened to aging him? Did they just not age crispy coleslaw <laughs> ever? Apparently. There's Apparently just a few people
3: in this show that don't age. The head of the yeah. the guard, crispy coleslaw. He's
2: a control group for how to how to measure everyone else's aging by keeping him the same age.
3: Episode ten, we find out he's a vampire.
0: He's
1: Melis- <laughs> he's Melisandre
0: <laughs> twist.
1: Oh God.
0: So, did you guys hear when Allison said? oh, thank you, Sir Arik. And he goes, oh, actually, I'm Eric. Eric. Yeah.
2: Yes. (laughs) That was great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, That means, I guess, nothing to people who didn't read Fire and Blood. But there's a set of twins that are members of the Kingsguard, and they look exactly the same. And their names are Arik and Eric. Man, they really let us down in this scene. There's a half a dozen ways that they could
3: have made that fun. (laughs) That should have happened. And at the very end, his twin should have
0: just walked by in the foreground or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's a joke in the book where they talk about how, like, nobody can ever tell them apart. They're constantly calling them the wrong names and stuff.
1: So such a missed opportunity. I mean, we have no dragon CGI in this episode. We could have had twins.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that I would have loved that to be a running joke the whole time. <laughs> this, has, this show has almost no comedy whatsoever. Yeah. And then they can kill one of the twins at the end, and they'll be like, oh, well, we're never going to get it confused again.
1: <laughs> oh. I was going to say, like, I don't think that there's anything that's too interesting going on in the yard scene. I mean, it does kind of start setting Amond up for being Damon 2.0. Uh, It's interesting, right? All the second sons cause problems. Damon Mm -hmm. caused problems. Vaymond caused problems. Aymond is causing problems. So far, the only, like, younger brother who hasn't caused problems yet is Luke.
0: Yeah, he seems like kind of a good boy.
2: Which means he's gonna die. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure. Absolutely gonna die. I think it'll be Jace first, but they're definitely both gonna die.
0: Totally. Um, well, if I think we have a little less than half of the episode left. So if you guys don't mind, I would like to take a quick break.
3: And we're back. So I have a random thing to say. The for a large part of the beginning of the episode, when we saw the king didn't have an eye, my brain was just like, "What did Allison do to him?" Like the last thing we left was her son losing an eye and her being really upset about it. So I just had this ominous feeling somehow she took it out on him. I and didn't
0: he, even think that, but that's a horrible thing to contemplate, <laughs> right? He was. Just,
3: I was just gonna say he's so old and decrepit. I was inching towards elder abuse like because they just love to push boundaries i was like maybe maybe that's where we're at eye of the poppy and elder abuse
0: um annie i want to let you steer it a little bit from here we basically have the uh supper scene coming up that's most of what we have left so what in that sequence would you like to focus on first
1: oh man um (laughs) I think Viserys and his remarkably effective guilt trip. These are people sitting at this table who have all hated and or wanted to fuck each other for decades at this point. And here is Viserys, who has never really commanded the love or the loyalty to make this deeply emotional, heartfelt request, please get along for the sake of this old dying man. And yet everybody does. Like, we don't even see minor rebellion. Like, after he makes his speech and Allison does her prayer, we get a quick cut to Damon's face. and Damon is just audibly (laughs) trying to hold in. A laughter at the fake piety, but yeah. like everybody takes Viserys seriously, and I think that was the moment in the episode where I knew, yeah, he is definitely dying this episode because this doesn't make any sense.
0: Um, I I hate to sidetrack us too much, but I it, it's related to this. Um, I liked the whole setup for this supper that they had where. Otto and the king are with the maesters and his chambers and they're like seeing to all of his fucked up wounds and stuff. And Viserys basically demands. He's like, no, we're having dinner together. Get that milk of the poppy shit out of here. And we actually see throughout the episode that the not taking the milk of the poppy actually did. It, he probably was in a lot of pain and he was probably going through withdrawals and shit. But like mentally, he was more. Uh, they're all there you know without taking without drinking heroin essentially yeah the uh, idea of like
3: seeing that was one of the things in this episode I think I felt the deepest is him knowing he needs to sacrifice his like pain for clarity and as for, for the the dumbo that he has been that was really affecting for me to see he even had that in him
0: yeah
1: I wonder if that's what made his appeal to the table so powerful because this, I, it's not the first time that Viserys has asked everybody to please just get the fuck along,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it is the first time that he has made a sacrifice to ask it. He's yeah. really finally like in pain and has done this willingly and is going through this willingly just so he can be clear headed enough to make this request one final time as he's dying. And the gravity of that, like, wow, this is serious enough that like, he's actually going to do something about it. He's going to give something up for it. Yeah, Maybe we should.
0: Yeah. And like you said, it it is, it does seem to work. I mean, obviously we all know when we're watching, that's kind of the dramatic irony that we all know this isn't going to actually stop a war from happening, but it is nice that he at least thinks it worked, and I don't know, do you guys think that Rhaenyra meant what she said uh, after his little monologue when she raised a toast to Alicent and her family?
2: Yeah, I think she did. Like, it, And you see Alicent's face, too. Like, I thought them looking at each other in that moment, you saw the old friends kind of reappear for a brief moment, and you, you think it's gonna work out, and then five seconds later it clearly doesn't but in that moment I thought they did
0: I fell
3: for it too Patrick
0: yeah um do we want to talk about how much of a little shit Aegon was being in this whole sequence
1: oh god he is the worst
0: <laughs> I know or
1: however the fuck old he is bad enough that I already had to see his pasty pilvery doughboy ass bad enough that I already know he's just a rapist yeah. Um, but he's being so shitty to Jace. And I felt bad for Helena, too, honestly.
3: Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. The cool sister. She's
1: clearly not that out of it.
0: No, she's just quirky. Quir- quirky, quirky, quirky.
1: Her quirky. toast was great. Yeah. So congratulations, you're about to be married Mostly he doesn't bother you, so it's fine
0: Yeah, the except when he's drunk part Is like, yikes oh, yeah. That part no, made me no. feel really
1: bad for Helena Because Aegon is drunk pretty much all the time
0: Yeah, and apparently they have kids too Because she was talking what? about how they needed to be dressed
2: <laughs> Yeah, it was oh, like no. three kids or something
1: mm-hmm.
2: Was it three, right? Some them out. I don't know. That you guys make my
0: heart start beating faster.
3: Because
2: that's what um, Allison, when she's talking like the to the handmaiden or whoever the helper person is uh, with the hat thing, she's trying to get the kids ready. You're supposed yeah. to be with the kids, and then she brings in the person that was assaulted by Aegon, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nope they've they've definitely got some little baby inbred Targaryens.
3: Helena. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The fuck?
3: They
1: made him marry his sister, as is Targaryen tradition.
3: Ugh.
0: I don't like this show, guys. Why are we watching this? Did you guys think it was kind of sweet that uh, Daemon and Rhaenyra's kids actually seemed kind of happy that they were getting married?
1: It was really, really cute. Yeah. Like, the bo- those boys and those girls are like yay i'm going to get to spend the rest of my life with my best friend it was yeah like team like secure attachment gang together forever they're so adorable i love them
0: yeah, yeah. they're they're trauma
3: bonded yeah yeah that's that's cute i usually like those two things i think about together
1: yeah it seems healthier than just straight up trauma bond I mean, that's definitely part of it, but I get the sense that they have grown a lot as people. Do you think Renes would have been happy if she knew that Bela had written to Papa Damon? Probably not, but Bela did that because Bela is clever. Um Jace has grown up into this lacrosse player who's also struggling really hard with his Valerian Duolingo (laughs) lessons and thinks about the comfort of others. Like He gets up to dance with Helena. Not just because he feels sorry for her, but because it's also a nice thing to do. Luke is a little sweetheart. Raina's really nice. Um, Like They've grown into some really genuinely decent people, which is so weird given that mom and dad are uh, not decent people.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that, their The dance was very cute. I, I really like that. That was really doing it for uh, Otto and Viserys, too. They were watching that shit like, hell, yeah, this is the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
3: How weird how many cute things happened in this episode.
0: <laughs> I know I was not expecting that.
3: Oh, when they sat the pig down in front of one eye or mad eye moody
0: that was yeah great. yeah let's talk about that next that was um, the,
2: uh, what's the pink pink dragon the called? pink dread the pink dread yeah, yeah, dig at
0: that <laughs> dude this whole time Amond is just like making the weirdest expressions at Damon like he's just thinking like oh, I both idolize you and want to murder you someday so bad. <laughs>
1: There are always two Sith: a master and an apprentice. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: exactly. Um, I legit thought Damon was gonna like sock that kid in the face.
0: I think it's a bigger dick move to just walk up and be like, "Nah,
3: nah, not today, for sure." Also, that kid saw him chop a dude's head off. <laughs> yeah, I
1: loved that moment. Honestly, Amond is just so determined to ruin this evening for everyone because he's a little dickhole. And all it takes is one look from Damon, who wrote the entire trilogy about being a dickhole. One look from Damon, and Amon shuts the fuck up. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean, Damon didn't want his stepsons getting the shit beat out of them, so he's like, no, no, no. We're not doing this. It kind of bums me out that uh, Amon has been, or Amon has been just training and becoming a badass this whole time. And that Gysiris and Luceris are kind of just yeah they're they're just fucking off apparently. I it doesn't surprise me that Damon isn't training them, but I wish that Rhaenyra would have like got a uh, master at arms or something to train them for sure. They're fucking. Yeah.
1: We don't know that they're not being trained. We just haven't seen it. But I do think that it's a good bet that they don't have a master at arms and an instructor who's as good as Kristen Cole. True. Um, And they have interests that are outside of martial prowess. Whereas for Aemond as a second son, this is what he has to do. If he wants to make a name for himself, it is exactly the same path that Damon had to go down, Mm. you know, because Damon has a reputation as this great warrior and this amazing sword fighter and this incredible dragon rider. He had to excel that way, or mm-hmm. he wasn't going to have anything. And I think yeah. England feels the same way.
2: That's why probably he respects him. Sorry, John, when he looks at him.
3: When he looks at Damon.
2: Mm-hmm. Or when Damon looks at Aemon. Yeah. When Damon
3: looks at Aemon. Oh yeah, yeah Damon and Aemon. Can't wait for the sideshow to House of Dragons. Just it's, Damon and Aemon.
0: What is it called? An anagram. Uh, when it's forward, backwards. Is it an
2: anagram? I didn't even. I think don't know about if that.
0: It's what it's whatever you it is when you rearrange the letters. I don't
3: know if oh,
2: it's an, an anagram it or something else. Almost, almost. Yeah, it's an, no, an anagram. No, it is. And yeah, Damon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I I'm glad that you. I forget who said it. I think it was Annie saying things about how Jacerus has other skills besides fighting because. I did think that he handled that scene really well when he got all pissed off at, uh, Aegon and then he stood up all pissed off and then he kind of, uh, collected himself and made it and pulled it off where he made it seem like he was giving a toast.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And yeah. I thought that toast was a very like well crafted political move. Like that is the kind of thing that you would have to do if you were a king, you know? Yeah. I like how that kind of became a running joke for the dinner too. It happened at least one more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what did you guys think about the uh, toast to the very strong boys who are very wise oh. and strong?
1: <laughs> oh my god, what a dick. What a dick move.
2: Yeah, that's a very Damon thing to do that Eamon did. Right?
3: Yes. I remember the days before I'd ever smoked weed and that would have hurt my feelings as a kid. These <laughs> poor yeah. boys. Yeah. I mean men. I mean men. Big strong men.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this Eamon, the the character they or the actor they have playing Eamon, like he just looks so vile. Like just his face and it doesn't help with the eye patch and the long hair and just like his actions <laughs> on top of that, just like, fuck. This guy is typecast from his first role in like this thing. I don't know what other roles they've had, but like, oh man. Definitely gonna be the bad guy for a while. I think there
0: we're gonna have like uh dueling bad guys between Damon and Aemond. Yeah, It's going to be sick. Yeah.
1: I don't care who wins as long as Laris loses.
0: <laughs> that is canon for this show, not for <laughs> House of the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have two little bullet points to touch on before we get to final thoughts. Uh do you guys pick up on Masaria, who is Damon's ex- Sex worker slash girlfriend. Yep.
1: Become yeah. spy master. Yes. Uh, the new and, yeah, she A, she looks like she's doing great. Mm-hmm. Very strong coastal grandmother energy here, and I am here for it. And also she's clearly really entrenched herself in the King's Landing, like Whisper Network, Spy, Underworld, and I am delighted that she's back.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm scared for that lady who is spying for her when Allison finds out about it and has her murdered.
2: Yeah, head's going to be on a spike pretty soon, I believe.
0: Yeah. Or Damon will have sex with her. Who knows? I don't think he can uh, get it up for anyone who isn't his... Blood David's relative, a loving
2: relationship now, Jesse, <sighs> with, his ne- with his niece. <laughs> excuse me, really quick, Maybe I need to throw up. Maybe
1: that's what we need to mellow out. Amond is for his uh, brother and his sister to have a daughter together that he can incestuously fetishize for several decades,
2: hey. and that
1: will finally bring him into being like a halfway decent person about a tenth of the time. Oh, it worked for
2: David. Throw up yeah. again. How old is Amond supposed to be in this episode? Like sixteen. I
0: think he's probably like 18 or 19.
2: 18 or 19.
0: Because they said 17 to 21, and mm-hmm. a- Aegon is the oldest, so he must be 21. So I, I think that would make Aemond like 19 or 20.
3: Uh, Email us if you know how old all the kids are, and we'll send you a no prize.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Last thing, uh, the misunderstanding between Alicent and Viserys that caps off the episode. God, Basically, poor old Viserys is literally dying on in his bed, and he thinks that he's continuing his earlier conversation with Rhaenyra, but he's actually spilling the beans to Alicent, and she doesn't even understand what the fuck he's talking about. So she misunderstands and misinterprets
2: but then is galvanized in her efforts from her misunderstanding. Yeah. Oh. I think
1: he could have died without a single word and she still would have been convinced that he gave her a last minute sign that she, her kids are supposed to rule. I think she read into that conversation exactly what she wanted to.
2: Yeah. I mean that that was Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> Well, I was um, just...
3: (laughs) (laughs) And our special guest, the Tasmanian
2: Devil, Uh, leaving all all of this in. um, in No, just none... It's almost like none of the Dance of the Dragons was going to happen until uh, Viserys dying and mistakenly says this. He doesn't even think he's making this. He just thinks he's having a conversation, but what Allison reads into it. And just cause they fucking name their kids all the same goddamn names all the time. Just really? Is, that has ruined everything. Is this one, that's like a one minute, two minute conversation at the end. And it's just unbelievable. And also I think it's cool the way that they did this, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, I also liked the setup with the scenes between him and Rhaenyra, like the part where she comes to him and she's like, partially undressed and she's just like crying and disheveled. And she's just like talking to him. And she says, like, if, if this is what you want, then you need to defend me and my children. Like you need to step up and help us if this is what you want. And I think that's what actually convinces him to, you know, not take the heroin and sit on the throne for the last time and basically give up his last bit of life energy to try and help her in some way i think you're right
3: i it's pretty moving i i'm so surprised that they made me like this person at all before he died
0: yeah and then in classic viserys fashion he fucks it up right before he dies (laughs) ruins everything
2: yeah
1: awful communication right up into the end
2: end. yeah (laughs) We didn't even talk about how many, but like when you brought up that conversation that, Sh- that Rhaenyra had with her father, we didn't even talk about how many people in this episode were talking about how they didn't want to be the king. They didn't want to be the king or the queen, like Rhaenyra, Aegon, uh, that might be it. <laughs> Those are more people that said that?
3: There were a lot of people that don't want the power they were offered, whether it was yeah, the kingdom or a different power. place. Yeah. yeah. Those are good kids. They want to play pogs and
0: fuck around. Be kids Yeah Um, Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about In the episode proper before we get into Our final thoughts
3: Um Why are we watching this again
0: I'm having a good time I'm sorry that you aren't
3: I'm having a good time but I'm having a good time And also feeling bad while I do it And it's really confusing
2: I think that's interesting How this podcast is one of our shortest And this is one of the longest episodes it's because
3: John's been hosting his
2: ass off.
3: That's why. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was
1: trying to make also it shorter. It is like primarily a setup episode.
2: Yeah, definitely. Next week, we're going to go ape shit. I hope so. Or they're going to make us wait till 10. We'll have our first two-part episode.
3: Do you think... Okay, I got a thought. That's my first thought of the episode. Um, do you think... Ray, Ray, and Allison will ever have a discussion about the last words of her father.
2: It would be cool.
1: I, I don't think so. it will be a discussion.
2: No, like someone, one person thrusting a knife or a sword into the other.
1: I think it will be Allison like declaiming to Rhaenyra what Viserys' deathbed confession was, and Rhaenyra, who knows what the prophecy is, is going to be like bitch you got that out of this what the fuck but it's not gonna matter because Alicent is has only ever wavered from her purpose once and we've seen it in this episode and it's only been six years since she was willing to stab Bernira and (laughs) yeah yeah, I just I don't see the two of them having a conversation ever again
2: especially with Viserys gone
0: okay Yeah. yeah I think the next episode is just going to be Rhaenyra, maybe like trying to flee King's landing or something like that. I don't know.
2: It could be a time skip too. We don't know.
0: I hope not. We need to think, we need to know what happens directly following Viserys' death.
2: Yeah. Cause in the books, yes. the showdown happens.
1: Yeah. Right some shit this. goes down like immediately.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's get into our final thoughts on the episode. Um, we will begin with you, Patrick, summarize your feelings and give us a rating from zero to seven kingdoms.
2: I would say that this episode was, I don't know if heartfelt is the right word, but ripe with emotions, a lot of dialogue and exposition happening that made me have a lot of emotions about all the characters involved. I think there was some, not resolutions, but just, I guess, tidying up. For the final showdown that's going to happen. And I liked that. I liked everything about this episode. Except for not seeing Coralus. thought that was cheap. So I'm going to take away one kingdom for that. And I'm not going to add any kingdoms. For the cool slice and dice of, of Aemon. But that was just really cool to see that. Gave me some... Um, uh, what's the movie with Christian Bale? Where he's like the sci-fi... Psycho? Time. No, um, he's like the... The samurai guy. Oh uh, god, I'm gonna take away. Samurai? No. Equilibrium, yeah. Yeah, equilibrium vibes. So I'm gonna give this six out of seven kingdoms.
0: I think that's a very fair assessment. Uh Jesse, how did you feel about this episode of House of the Dragon? Um,
3: I think the number one thing I learned from this watching this episode of House of the Dragon is I might need to watch Equilibrium. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, that sounds dope. Uh, this episode. There's a lot of yucky things in this episode. But I also love drama. Like, catty drama. Not like drama. But I think I'll probably give it about five. Five out of seven. Hmm. That's respectable. Yeah, I think I'll stick with that. Um, that mask that the king was wearing? That mask, though? That mask, dog?
1: That's fine.
3: <laughs> that's a good mask. Uh. Uh. Patty Cons- Considine. Considine? Considine. Considine. Patty Considine deserves more respect. Uh. That was phenomenal acting. Mmm. Five and a half. At, like, I'm going to give him another half point. He acted his dick
0: off. An extra half of kingdom for the half of his face that he has left. Amen, brother. All right. Um, Annie, what did you think about this episode?
1: There were some aspects of it that I did really enjoy. Um, I love Rainus and I felt that the rain that we've seen in previous episodes, like her actions in this episode made sense to me. Her point of view made sense to me. It's always great to get to spend time with her. her that scene where she's standing in the crypt, watching the silent sisters do their best to sew up Vaman's body. She's just staring there at it. Flint died. That was great. So I'm really happy we got to spend time with Rainus. Um, uh, I'm glad we got to spend time with Rhaenyra's sons because I love them. They're such sweet boys. But I felt that a lot of the emotional weight that this show was trying to have seemed very forced to me. Some of the scenes between Viserys and Rhaenyra I really liked but particularly the supper scene like i'm sorry i'm not buying it i really have to stretch to get to a point where everyone is happy and dancing and getting along for even as long as they did and it felt cheap and this really did feel like a potboiler episode where it's just simmer 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 but nothing's actually hit it's more setup and we did not need more setup in this show Also, there were no dragons. So, I'm going to give this four out of seven kingdoms. Patty Considine's acting was amazing. There were some scenes in it I really liked. There were some characters that I'm glad we got to spend more time with. But the... The deviation from Norm for many of our main characters... It felt very strange and artificial, and it felt as though they were setting it up just to give us a taste of this artificial sweetness before it all goes away. And I'm a fan of the Hope Spot, but give me some actual hope. This felt fake. This was not sugar. This was aspartame.
0: So how many kingdoms was that? Sorry. Eh, four. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Personally... I thought just about everything in this episode worked for me. I think um, Patty Considine was carrying this episode on his shoulders and just acting his ass off. So for me, that just made up for all of the small quibbles I have. I didn't really think about the Corliss thing until you guys brought it up. And that is kind of a bummer to me, but yeah, I mean all the emotional moments and all the beats just really worked for me in this episode. And um, I, I can't be mad at it, so I'm gonna go seven out of seven kingdoms. Oh my god.
1: John goes last just so he can disagree with the rest of us.
0: Well, the fans like me the most because I like the show the most. That's the secret. Is
3: it because
2: you delete all <laughs> the emails that like us the most?
0: He's he's gaming the system. <laughs> oh
2: man. Alright
0: um thank you so much everyone for listening make sure to rate and review the podcast um out of all of our listeners if even half of them did that at this point it would make a huge difference and we would really appreciate it and you can follow us on twitter at DDDPod. pod you can follow jesse on twitter at jesse underscore wind that's at j-e-s-s-e underscore w-i-n-d Feel free to email us. We love hearing from our fans and our listeners and our haters alike. So oh, snap. do that at dragons, dragons, dragons pod at gmail.com. Our intro and outro music is by Rabbit Road. That's all lowercase and with spaces between the letters. You can find them by searching SoundCloud or by using the link in the episode description. I'm told that you should be able to listen to the full version of our music there by now. And until next time, may the Lord of Light protect you.